Welcome to the Star Wars Collectors Podcast, episode number four. I am your host, Brian, and with me as always is my co-host, Carl. Hello, Carl. Hello, Brian, and everyone out there listening to us. And today we have a special guest with us. It's the former president of the Kentucky Star Wars Collectors Club, Dwayne Steele. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for... uh... And Carl, thanks for asking me on today. Glad to be here. Yeah, no problem. Always nice to have other people with us as much, you know, as much as possible. Always talking about everything Star Wars. All right. Yep, I, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> what was you going to say? I was going to say I agree with you 100%. It's always nice to have more people to share our love with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, today we're going to talk about the comics and some of the upcoming events and stuff that's going on with the club and uh we'll start out with uh what did you get carl what did you get um well i've been selective anymore since i branch out into so many different things and so i i picked up a few things this past month but not much i picked up the admiral akbar from the Force Awakens line, which is a really cool looking figure. I had no idea till I opened him that his jaw even moves on the figure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was really impressed with the, I can see a lot of those showing up at the flea markets and yard sale with the top of his head ripped off <laughs> since the jaw moves like that. Yeah, and, it's like a Asti that uh, his head keeps popping off. Yep. And I got Captain Rex, which is another outstanding job. The head sculpt just looks just like he looks on the Rebels cartoon. And the last item I picked up was the um, two-pack. I found that actually while I was at Horror Hound in Cincinnati. A, a dealer was selling those, was selling some Star Wars figures at cost, which was, I mean, at, you know, ho- uh, retail cost. At a so convention? I got the two <laughs> yeah, at the convention, yes. You know, it was shocking to see them at, you know, Walmart prices. But I got this the snow trooper officer with Snap Wexley, so I was pretty happy about that. And I almost forgot about it, too, till I saw that you'd picked one up. <laughs> but that's it for me this month. <laughs> oh, you didn't get the uh, smuggler's bounty? I didn't. I may go back and get it at some point, but I was buying so many things at Horror Hound. I was, Star Wars was the last thing on my mind at the time. <laughs> How dare you? I know. I was cheating on Star Wars that weekend. All right. Dwayne, what did you get? Well, basically, the only thing I found in the stores um, has been um, two new uh, Armor Up uh, three and three quarter inch packs at Toys R Us. They are Toys R Us exclusives. Uh, One was Captain Phasma, and the other was uh, uh, Finn in Stormtrooper armor, which I know is available. Uh, on a single carded figure but I went ahead and grabbed it in the armor up pack as well um, these armor up packs the reason they're uh, the, the difference between them and normal armor up packs are that they actually have two different armor accessories in them as, as opposed to a normal armor up pack which only has one so uh, I picked those up at Toys R Us uh, in Barbersville and uh, then also Carl uh, was able to uh, give me uh, the uh, wave of figures with uh, Captain Rex in it. Uh, he'd, he'd gotten a shipment in at his uh, store, uh, the treasure chest, and, and provided those for me. Otherwise, I've not found anything in the wild. And uh, I've sort of slowed down on the buying for now. Uh, didn't get a chance to go to the Lexington Comic Con uh, or the Columbus Toy Show. I wanted to go to both, but uh, things just didn't work out. So 
it's kind of slim pickings for the last month. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what I've heard from most people. They, uh, uh, I got a bunch of stuff though. I got uh, I got three figures from Carl. I got nine numb and the stormtrooper commander or whatever he's called. I'm not sure exactly what. I don't. I don't tore up the card and threw it away, so I don't remember exactly what he's called. <laughs> and the Kylo Ren uh, with the the mask off. Uh, the, all those were the three and three quarter inch figures, and then of course. Which was- like, yeah. I was going to just say, another good head sculpt on the Kylo Ren no mask, too, I noticed. Yeah, it did look pretty good. I, I did like it. And I think 9-Num looks pretty good, too. Yep. And then, of course, I got the same two-pack you got, the First Order Snowtrooper and Snap Wexley, and then I got the other two-pack that's out, the Sidon Ithano and the First Mate Quiggled. <laughs> <laughs> Where do they come up with these names? I don't know. Um, that was uh, that was the only three and three quarter inch figures I found, and I also got a pop vinyl uh, FN twenty one eighty seven. It's a Target exclusive uh, with the the bloody fingers on his mat on his helmet, and. Uh, the I can't believe it. I went into the Target in uh, Barbersville there, and there was a lady that had every single one of them off the shelf in her cart. There was twenty of them, at least in her cart. And I looked Seriously? at her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, "Are you really going to buy all those?" And she was like, she looked at them and goes, "Do you want one?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> So she gave me one, and then after she gives me the one, she goes, do you want another one? I was like, no, I really only want one. (laughs) I don't really want more than one, because I looked them up on eBay, and of course, they're not really selling for a whole lot more than than what they cost. Uh, So right around $15 to $20. That's really not worth your time, the time you pay eBay fees and stuff. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And... Then of course I got uh, got the Smuggler's Bounty, and it came with uh, a patch that's got Greedo on it, and it says Moss Eisley. A pin, a uh, uh, Cantina band member pin, an uh, actual stick pin, and then a ballpoint pin with Chewbacca on uh, on the top of it. Uh, then of course a T-shirt, which I'm not really fond of the t-shirts, as I've said before, because the sleeves on them are just way too short. I, I think I'm going to change the size of my t-shirts to be, like, the smallest possible and just give them to Bo. <laughs> <laughs> and the two, uh, they came with two different uh, bobblehead pops this time instead of one, like last time, in a cup. It came with uh, the red snaggletooth, which is an uh, exclusive to this. And then also exclusive to this is uh, Ben Kenobi. It's the older Ben Kenobi, which uh, looks pretty darn good for, for, cool. for a vinyl pop. <laughs> I'm surprised they hadn't done that one already. Yeah, I was surprised too whenever I looked at it and so when I opened up the box and I'm like, whoa, really? And uh, I don't know where they get the numbering at on these things because they're all over the place with these numbers. 
Mm-hmm. The, the red snaggletooth is number 70. The Ben Kenobi is 99. And then that FN2187 is 100. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, don't know if they're reusing some of these numbers or what. Hmm. Because I've noticed before with the various lines I've carried in my store, they're all over the place like that too, so I don't know what they're doing with the numbers, numbers either. I don't know if they've come up with a big list of stuff that they want to do eventually and and then just from there start, you know, throwing darts and going, okay, we'll do this one, then this one, then this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's entirely possible. Um, also, I uh, I got five six-inch figures. I know I've said in the past I really don't collect them, but, man, whenever I look at some of them, I'm just like, these are so good so good looking i mean the sculpts on these things are are almost dead on especially for han solo uh, i got the the force awakens han solo and then the, the force awakens finn in the stormtrooper with the bloody helmet uh captain phasma and i uh, i know some of these are older but i've just found some of them because they'd been sold out forever ray and bb8 and the first order Snor- stormtrooper uh, I'm just kind of picking and choosing the ones I like. I was going to get uh, Poe Dameron, and I had it in my hand today, but man, the sculpt on that thing looks awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing you probably, my friend Keith collects all the six-inch figures, and he bought Ray and BB-8 when it first came out, and they, um, the later waves, they redid the head sculpt because they was it looked so bad in the first assortment. So you probably got the second assortment on her. Yeah, I mean she actually looks pretty good. So I probably she I probably did get the second one. I don't know, I don't know how you tell. I know on the, a lot of the figures from a long time ago, they would have like point zero zero, and then point zero one if they did a revision. Right. And, but I don't yeah. see anything like that on these. Yeah, I know on that Poe Dameron, uh, you know, again, I pick them up from time to time. I've never uh, gone so far as to buy one, but uh, yeah, you're right. That uh, I, I said it almost looks like one of the uh, Carl's Walking Dead figure sculpts. He <laughs> 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 just looks, looks like he's kind of a zombie, a zombie head on him. Uh, yeah, it, it looks pretty bad. I mean, it looks like somebody was blindfolded and painted the thing and... <laughs> Okay, I I guess that's it for me as far as stuff that I've gotten. I have a question on the Smuggler's Bounty. Uh, how many uh, boxes are are in that series so far? How many of you? There's three so far. Three so far. So how many, how often are they shipping? Every other month. Every other month. Okay. Yeah, you can. I've thought about doing their pay by the whole year, and then you get a special gift on your one year anniversary. But mm-hmm. so far, I've just done it month to month. Yeah. Because you have to pay, well, it's $25 for the box itself, but you got to pay shipping on each one. And it's like $7 shipping. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to pay, you know, 32 times 6, you know, so however much that is for the whole entire year. Sure. Which, I mean, if you figure up everything in there that you get, it's really a pretty good deal. But I don't know how much longer I want to collect the pops because I'm not really a a pop type person. Right. 
Well, the good thing about having a, a few exclusives, I guess, is that if if you ever decide that you want to uh, get rid of them, you, you know, you'll have other pop collectors out there that will will want them more more readily than the ones that are available at Walmart. Yeah, because one of them was a Captain Phasma in it, uh, hmm. a Top Pilot, and then the the last last uh, the one before this one had uh, the what do they call that the furry the flock version flock. of Chewie. Yeah, the flock version of Chewie, which was yeah. fantastic looking. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> Just don't get him wet. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I remember as a kid having the GI Joes with the flocked hair, and after you got them wet a couple of times, the hair started falling out. And then they were just mangy G.I. Joes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as far as meeting news, um, I haven't heard, really, I haven't heard a whole lot from the, the president. Have you guys? <laughs> um, Not much. Last I've heard, they're, they, they're working on the t-shirt design. So. <laughs> right. That's, I was going to say that's the most recent update that I've noticed is that they're still, which I guess is, you know, at least there's a T-shirt in the works. Um, so <clears throat> that's news. But yeah, nothing. I guess the the official swap meet date's been set, uh, and the months I believe for or for the auction and for the uh, fall festival have been set, but not the actual dates yet. Yeah. Um, so, of course, they're probably waiting waiting on us to for the fall festival date. So, yeah, I'm not sure. We, I don't know. Have we even talked about like where we could even have it? We just kind of threw it around a little bit, but nothing. Yeah, not like, extensively. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the swap meet is next month on the 23rd in Frankfurt. Mm. I'm right. guessing that's at uh, Craig's church. Yeah, the same one Probably. that he, he set up yeah. once before, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I won't be able to make that one. Yeah, anyone out there interested in in, in checking that out, of course, um, what that is is, is we've got uh, three meetings each year that uh, are uh, statewide meetings uh, where we basically cancel the local meetings and just ask everybody to come to one central, you know, one location um, and the swap meet is one of those, and, and that's an opportunity for everyone to set up uh, dealer tables, for lack of a better word, uh, uh, to uh, try to thin out some of your extras or some of the stuff that maybe you've shifted collecting focus or you've had some great success uh, at other yard sales or swap meets and have some you know surplus. Uh, and, of course, we ask everybody to be fair on their prices and... Uh, and you can trade or you can, you know, you can buy, sell, or trade. Uh, thus, we call it a swap meet. Um, and it's a, it's a really good thing, uh, you know, sort of a spring cleaning type event that we have each year. And, uh, you know, uh, we invite outsiders are welcome, of course. Uh, you don't have to be a club member to attend. And uh, that's coming up in Frankfurt, downtown Frankfurt, late April. You can get more details on uh, casewalk.com or, or check out our Facebook uh, page. Yeah, Carl, uh, are we uh, foregoing our meeting this month or this coming month? Because well, I won't be there anyway. <laughs> um, 
I thought we, I mean, I talked to Mark and he said he'd be there. So I assume we are still going to have one. I mean, it's up to the rest of the guys though, what everybody else wants to do. Chris won't be there either. We're both going to a X-Wing regional tournament in Roanoke, Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> well, I could always have a uh, Mark and Twain meet at my house and we could just watch the force awakens or something. Hey, there you go. <laughs> if it comes out yeah, what, four days or five yeah. days beforehand. Right. Yeah, yeah I had uh, texted Carl and asked him if we were possibly going to do a, a, a screening of it after it came out on video, and he said it sounds like a good idea. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be on the Saturday meeting date. It could be any you know any night that we could all possibly get together at somebody's house. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll plan on something. Uh, uh, I, I don't think I have anything prohibiting me from coming to the actual regular meeting this month, but I'm. Not quite that far ahead in my in my planner yet. Okay. Oh. So, uh, any other any other news about the club? Anybody uh, can anybody think of? I can't think of anything else. <laughs> no, it's been pretty quiet so far, which it usually is during the for early months of the year uh, you know uh, as as the state meetings you know we start having a couple of those having the uh, swap meeting is usually the first time a lot of the members get a chance to get together and actually plan out the rest of the year so I'm sure we'll have more news forthcoming okay then uh, we'll get into our uh, discussion for this podcast which is about the comics and we'll talk we're going to talk about Star Wars and Darth Vader the uh, the first one we're going to talk about is going to be Darth Vader well that's good since I've actually read that one yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, overall what do you guys think about uh, about these Carl um, I was I was really impressed and like like as I told you when you texted me the other day I was like oh man I haven't um, read them yet but I can get it read so I I pulled them out and I just read through them really quick and easily and stuff and I mean it just pretty much grabbed me right from the beginning because there there we are you know and when I saw Vader's feet standing there and and Jabba getting ready to maybe push the button but he wasn't back far enough I was having all these you know <laughs> original trilogy awesomeness going through my body thinking how cool this was but yeah I've read the first six issues like you asked us to do and I I like it I agree uh, yeah I, I agree um, of course they're they're done by two different uh, sets of of uh, talent two different writers two different artists but the the artwork and they and they do kind of uh share with each other a little bit of course darth vader is from the perspective of it follows him and his uh, uh exploits i guess or missions that he's he's uh going on um and of course this is all set you know practically right after the first death first death star is destroyed you know after the events of episode four in the movies um so it was it was hard initially to kind of get my mindset into the fact that a lot of things haven't been revealed yet um you know the characters in the comic books don't know the identities you know debaters in these first six issues he's he's not even aware of who it was that was 
you know, uh, responsible for the destruction of the Death Star. Uh, but that's <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. In case anybody out there hasn't uh, hasn't read them yet, that's quickly revealed. It seems like in the in the span of just those first six issues. Uh, actually, the sixth issue kind of wraps up with him uh, him the final panel pretty much says, "I have a son, you know, and he will be my uh, apprentice." So what? that's he has a son. <laughs> uh, but you know, uh, through, but it doesn't. You know, it develops slowly. Um, and and in the Vader series specifically, you know, it's it's sort of it's kind of, it's been kind of fun because it's it's also going into the expanded universe, which is is a new expanded universe for all of us. Uh, Long time, you know. Uh, followers or fans of the comics and novelizations because it's it's introducing new characters um and establishing an, a new uh uh what's what's the word I'm looking canon. for a new yeah. canon yes thank you um that uh is going to be i guess followed uh in in the, in the future you know with future movies and future you know developing uh, yeah. uh media um but it you know it uh, it's already introduced some uh, some new droid characters a couple of uh, assassin, <laughs> assassin droids, droids. Uh, yeah. or torture droids actually the protocol droid is more of a of a torture droid and then the uh the astromech droid i think uh she called it the character called it the Bla- blastro mech droid i think is what it was yeah mm-hmm. basically it's it, it was supposed to look like an astromech droid but once it got in, in, infiltrated into your you know uh, operation there it just blew you all up <laughs> so those those were a couple of fun characters you know and they and they're kind of in the service of darth vader and then and of course it, it goes back to even uh, the prequel era where he uh he goes back to you know in those first six issues he's gone back to genosis and he's gone back to tatooine uh, already in just the first six, six issues so he's he's reliving a lot of his past um uh, exploits in his mind in his memories um, at the same time you know acquiring some battle droids and and of course going to uh, Tatooine Carl mentioned he he has an encounter with Jabba the Hutt Um, so it's been really exciting so far and uh, of course I've read a little bit further beyond the six issues but since we're just discussing those uh, my take on it so far is it's it's very you know and almost every issue leaves you with a cliffhanger too I noticed that too as when I was reading through them, kind of binge reading comics. Yeah, I really enjoy it. I've read all of them so far. Uh, actually, every issue of both Darth Vader and Star Wars. And of course, there are crossovers. And of course, the first six, uh, it pretty much goes both of them on the same timeline at the same time. And mm-hmm. it, it just, some of them. Well, end, uh, they end up crossing over with each other, especially at the end of both uh, the first six issues. That comes to the they they pretty much have the the same panels from a different point of view type of thing with uh, Vader and Boba Fett. Yeah, when he finds out that you know it's <laughs> actually his son. <laughs> yeah. Then we and then he even has that little panel there thinking about Padme and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
And one other thing I thought was was kind of interesting too, because we never got to see that, was the fact that Palpatine's actually ticked off at Vader, you know, because of the Death Star and stuff like that. When we go to, from the New Hope to Empire, we don't we don't see what was Palpatine's really his reaction of the Death Star being blown up. Right. Yeah, yeah I think Palpatine. That, uh, that Tog ahead, made Brian. it off of it. Tog made it off of the. <laughs> The mm-hmm. Death Star, and now he's like the supreme commander of the army. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I think the Emperor makes makes the point at one point that, uh, or the, the statement at one point was like, well, who else can I blame? Everybody else is dead. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you're the only survivor <laughs> of this, you know, this epic, this most epic setback in the history of the Empire. You're, so therefore you are going to catch all the blame and really the emperor like like Carl said he's in the emperor's doghouse and, and the emperor pretty much strips him of his of his command power at least and, it's, and it's puts basically him, a test right he puts yeah. him in, in, in uh, General Tog's uh, you know command uh, to be you know sort of like he I guess uh, though it really during the pre Death Star he was under Grand Moff Tarkin's control or command to an extent, but but I guess he had gained some autom- autonomy uh, leading up to that. But yeah, he kind of gets it's a big setback for Darth Vader, and he's he's really trying to you know he's 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 still having as we know he's Anakin Skywalker under all of that, and he's still having a very hard time controlling his anger and his emotions and seeing the big picture. He's really kind of got his mindset on. You know, I want to get some revenge here for for what's happened. Yeah, oh, he but... has all these uh, these new. I don't know what you'd call these. Uh, I don't know if you'd call them Sith uh, warriors or whatever they're called. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. what they're called. <laughs> Yeah, he's, replacements, I yeah, think. Replacements. They were referring yeah. to them. They were mm-hmm. potential replacements for Darth Vader. Which he took it as being apprentices to you know, to the Emperor, that they were going to be the Emperor's new apprentices, and then he discovers they're not even force sensitive. They're just <clears throat> enhanced beings. Mm-hmm. This evil evil mad scientist, Doctor something or other. Silo. Uh yeah. Uh, and Afra has has really been developing developing them for like twenty years, basically since since Mustafar, since Vader was was uh, almost killed. Uh, yeah, he I says guess they've the, uh, they've had the best genetic tweaks and combat training ever since. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that kind of shows there again that you know the Emperor still doesn't have a hundred percent faith in Vader, you know. Uh, since the since he was uh, burned alive almost, and uh, is always going to have a contingency plan, uh, which of course you know we kind of saw evidence of that in the prequel movies. With as soon as Darth Maul was gone, well, here's you know Darth Tyrannus st- stepping in to take his place, and and some of the other the Clone Wars and the uh, the Rebel series that we've seen Inquisitors, and we've seen you know. Uh, several different dark force users who weren't necessarily Sith apprentices or Sith lords, but it seemed like the Emperor always has some up his sleeve somewhere. 
Yeah, even Silo, I think, is kind of like a some kind of a cyborg or something, because mm-hmm. he's like the fourth or fifth version of himself. Right. He transfers his consciousness into a new body when his, his current one is killed, um, which is along the lines we were we were led to believe that way back when in the Dark Empire uh, comic book series that the, the Emperor's being or whatever you want to call it, Force Ghost, traveled to, you know, a secret installation and inhabited a new clone body. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's sort of taken that that old t- tired story, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's kill him off and have him come back in a clone body, yeah. And yet again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dark Empire 2. Oh, wait. Wait, he comes back. Oh, wait, in Dark Empire 3. Oh, he comes back again. <laughs> But I understand, you know, that they have to, to come up with this stuff, you know, to fill the issues, but at the same time it is it is fitting in nicely and it's it's very reminiscent in a lot of ways of the original Marvel Star Wars comics, the way that they you know, they they had this whole universe to play in and then even at that time the the initial comic books they didn't they only had the one movie to go off of. Mm-hmm. So they, they really did have carte blanche to kind of fill in fill in the gaps as they wanted to. But, you know, us as as faithful fans through seven movies now and several different TV shows and novels and everything, we're seeing the connections. We're seeing where the stuff that some of the stuff that's occurring in these in these comics, these new comics, are uh, is an homage to something from a, a past storyline, or it's a you know. So are we going to see there's... Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just saw him on the. On Easter, actually, he was he was hiding eggs. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, I don't think they'll they'll revisit that 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 along with the holiday special were two of <laughs> two of Lucasfilm's uh, biggest regrets. I think. Well, I, I really but, like this series. I mean, I mm-hmm. I've read all the way to the to the last one except for the one that came out today. I haven't got a chance to read it okay. yet. But, uh, yeah, I so really we're up to like it. 17 issues now, I believe. Uh, is that right? 16 or 17? Eight, 18 is the one that just came, came out, out today. today. Okay. So yeah, we're we're a year and a half into it now, and uh, yeah, the, it, well, uh, this one came out in it started in February of 2015, mm-hmm. and uh, they've had a couple of months where they've had two issues, like uh, this current month they had. One at the very beginning of this month, and then of course one at the very end. But uh, it's really good. And there's a there's another section uh, where they have another crossover, and it's really good also. Mm-hmm. So the the actual Star Wars comic series, which Carl hasn't bothered to read yet, I got them all <laughs> stacked up somewhere <laughs> among my many uh, collectibles. Follows our uh, our main. Uh, protagonists which are the rebels uh, Luke and and Han and Leia uh, from their point of view from from and it's following their early adventures again as as we mentioned the Darth Vader series and the Star Wars series pretty much are are following each other in the same time span uh, just from different points of view and different uh, different uh, locations and adventures um, and it starts out, and, and it, that series actually, uh, to me, uh, 
was probably my favorite of the two simply because it's more of the uh, from the rebel point of view and, and you actually finally get to see them doing rebel missions and rebel you know activity and and uh, of course being a fan of the of the uh, Star Wars rebels on the cart on the Disney Channel and and all that that's uh, I see a lot of similarities there uh, yeah I like seeing that uh, they actually have real world problems in this thing and you know it, it's not one of those things where they they talk about something for two seconds and then they cut back and it's already fixed by the time you know yeah <laughs> right so uh luke goes off on his you know little tangent you know after helping take care of the uh the base on Samoon one you know mm-hmm. to take out the uh the weapon or the uh the factory there which creates yeah. look like tie fighters to me it could be uh all kinds of stuff there i, I took it as being like a more of a, a small arms fa- manufacturer like blasters and stuff oh well, one of the but pictures actually way. shows a tie fighter cockpits mm-hmm. okay <clears throat> so uh, but yeah uh just the story is is that the whole you know their their adventure together all three of them starts on a mission uh, an infiltration mission to destroy this weapons factory and things go sideways in a hurry <laughs> yeah as usual uh they 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 kind of go in with about half of a plan and uh you know anything that could go wrong does go wrong uh yeah it's so a negotiator it's, you know <laughs> yeah yeah and to top it all off, they're they're there, you know, they're disguised as as uh, uh, emissaries from Jabba the Hut. So Han's using his connection, you know. And again, it was it was hard for me to get in the mindset that this is before, you know, Jabba captures Han, or, or actually Boba Fett captures Han and takes him back to Jabba. So Han's basically still on the run from Jabba. But the Empire doesn't know this. They just know that they're associates that that Han, you know, smuggles for Jabba the Hut. So. <laughs> I, like, I like the robot uh, where yeah. he's like, "Identity confirmed, Han Solo." You know, small time smuggler, and Han's like, "Small time? What are you talking about?" <laughs> he's yeah. like, "Well, you got a bounty on your head of fifty thousand credits." <laughs> yeah, not even worth cashing in at that point. Um, so yeah, and 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 so they're there to do negotiations on the on behalf of Jabba supposedly, and then the Empire's negotiator turns out to be none other than Darth Vader. So in issue, I believe it's number two, or at the end of issue one, you know, going into issue number two, here's they're already being discovered as being rebels, and here's Darth Vader waiting outside for him. So uh, they they manage to you know. Uh, as Han usually does, manage manage to uh, warm their way out of it. But uh, it was surprising to me that that they had actually actually had Vader and Luke have a short, small uh, lightsaber battle right yeah. there in the very beginning of the story. And this is again, this is a very short weeks or months uh, right after the discretion, destruction of the of the first Death Star. So. You know, we're we're always led to believe that the first time they ever they were ever encountered each other were probably uh, was probably on board uh, on Cloud City, uh, 
but this new canon that's being established has them even though Vader doesn't know who Luke is uh, at the time it is you know Luke says well you killed Obi-Wan and Vader's like oh well you know uh, Obi-Wan misled you or didn't treat train you very well and he basically kicks Luke's butt all over the place and Luke just barely escapes <laughs> yeah, I like how uh, how he's talking to Ben there at the very beginning before he meets Darth Vader and, and Ben's like Luke, listen to me carefully. Run! Mm-hmm. <laughs> spirit, spirit Ben's like, get the heck out of there. Yeah. Because <laughs> he knew Luke wasn't ready for that. Yeah, and in, in that uh, first issue, the, you know, they, they did quite a It was like a, almost like a double issue. It was so big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, they, uh, they actually see Darth Vader about halfway through the first issue. Because then they have try to have Chewbacca shoot him and kill him. Of course, mm-hmm. you know Han's like, no, we know we need to we need to you know just cut our ties and run. And of course, you know Leia's like, no, shoot him now. That's an order. And of course, all everything goes awry from there. Yep. Yeah, Vader, and and in that issue, I think in in the Star Wars series more so than in the Darth Vader series, you see Vader's actual power his power in the force mm-hmm. because it shows him uh, you know blocking and, and diverting all of Chewbacca's bowcaster blasts yeah and then you know it's just like he's it's like mosquitoes that he's swatting away yeah and uh, then of course he even says you know you're not even worth my time to kill you mm-hmm. <laughs> the seconds that it would take and so he just snatches away his lightsaber yeah and of course he he takes a second look at the lightsaber and he's like, wait a minute, I know this weapon. <laughs> Where did you get this? He didn't ask that question, but yeah, you're right. He's, again, it plays into the this this lightsaber, this original Anakin Skywalker lightsaber is, is being used a lot in these stories, both the new movie and, and this comic book series as a uh, touchstone, I guess you could say, uh, that, you know, it... it gives a reason for or, or gives a, a little bit of intrigue into the crossing of the paths of these characters and they all seem to you know associate with it in different ways mm-hmm. and then of course they they're relying on c-3po to bring them the millennium falcon which is just a yeah, disaster first mistake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. i would have definitely which i guess i was gonna i'm gonna say i would have left r2d2 you know Mm-hmm. with that task but he's he's with them and he's there for another purpose yeah and of course you know this is i guess this ends up being the first time c-3po gets blown to pieces <laughs> exactly again we see him at one point in a backpack with yeah. his legs sticking up out of it and his head and everything um kind of uh like a chewbacca rescues him again yeah (laughs) and it's almost like he's taking him away from uh the ugnaughts again because it's these creatures that are you know pulling all this stuff all this junk out of this you know trash pile or whatever the heck he's at (laughs) right so then beyond that then you know the 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 our three uh main characters you know uh, escape that get back to the rebel fleet um and but that's really shaken because of his basically is is kicked down from darth vader luke really has lost all of his confidence in his abilities and he he's you know he doesn't want to go on any more missions uh at that point 
uh, he's decided that he there's got to be some somebody or something out there that can help him improve in his force abilities so he decides to take out on his own again sort of sort of like we saw you know after the hoth encounter in in, in empire strikes back where he, he ends up which it, you know he's actually given direction to go to dagobah uh but uh so that leaves han and, and leia uh and then through the, these first six issues they're still they're very antagonistic towards each other uh, they're constant barbs going back and forth between them you know insults and insinuations and everything and it's sort of a what we, what we were used to you know the rogue smuggler uh you know ladies man type or self he believes he's a ladies man i don't mm-hmm. know necessarily <laughs> that he is you know and then the, the well, later on we'll feel that says, we'll, we'll find out exactly what kind of ladies man he is yeah yeah <laughs> So that a lot of that's going on, and they, you know, once again they get thrown together on 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 another mission. Uh, she actually uh, kind of uh, 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 not tricks him, but uh, uh, he needs spare parts for the Millennium Falcon. And again, like we were saying, it's it's neat that this is kind of set in in a real world type way to where they just don't automatically have the parts that he needs, and he can't, he doesn't just automatically get them for free. Mm-hmm. She tells him he has to. Everybody on that in that fleet or on that ship or whatever, everybody in the in the rebellion has to do their part. Has to to work to get what the, to earn what they get. So she says, in order to earn these parts, you you need to be my co-pilot on another mission. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, oh okay. Yeah, and then, then so. while, while this is going on, you know, mean like meanwhile back at the ranch. Uh, on Tatooine, there's this strange figure that's looking for Han Solo. You know that he's trying to find out where he went. You know, and uh, where they can uh, right where they can find him. And then, of course, also on Tatooine is Vader talking to Jabba. You know about you know you're going to give me all the stuff I want, and then we'll pay you whatever we feel is, is right to pay you. Yeah, poor old Jabba. In, in both the Vader series and in the Star Wars uh, series, Jabba just he 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 gets uh, <clears throat> kind of gets an uh, attitude adjustment in both of them by Vader uh, mm-hmm. at two different points. One you know one for personal reasons and one for the Empire's purpose. But uh, yeah, it really goes to show that the the Empire doesn't think very much of Jabba the Hutt and his his uh, influence. You know, and of course, this is set in the outer rim, and then anything in that universe, you know, planets and, and uh, entities in the outer rim are really looked down upon. They're they're considered second or even third class uh, beings by the Empire and the, and the Central Core planets. So that kind of goes along with that. But they, the Empire needs their help. You know, they've the, the setbacks of the destruction of the Death Star and that and that weapons factory. Has forced the Empire to have to go to Jabba the Hutt to try to supply them with materials uh, to continue, you know, arming their their Imperial forces. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I thought in a couple of I think it's in the Star Wars uh, series. Uh, well, there's there's one of the series where there's a large splash page of Vader standing in the middle of Jabba's. Uh, throne room and then there's another one 
there's a splash page of Boba Fett standing in the uh, cantina. Yeah, the uh, Boba and, Fett is in uh, is in the Star Wars one, right? Because he's not really featured as because much. Because he's in the looking Darth Vader. for Luke for Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vader has hired two sm- two bounty hunters already in the Star Wars series to well, number one find uh, the guy. Let's see how is how does it go? He said the he's one that find... the boy that destroyed the Death Star or whatever. Right. He sends Boba Fett on that mission, and he sends this big black-haired Wookiee mm-hmm. bounty hunter that we've never seen before uh, after the uh, mad scientist that is helping the Emperor build these replacements, which he doesn't know at that time that's what the, the guy's doing, so he kind of dispatches both of them to, to for those two separate missions. Uh, but yeah, so Boba Fett ends up on Tatooine. Uh, I don't know whether it was the same time that Vader was there or whether it was after Vader had already been there. I don't know but for he's... sure because it doesn't really show you, you know, kind of right. when it was. It just shows them both there at some point. And uh, of course, he Boba Fett finally finds Luke, and you know, but they end up fighting, and Luke gets away. Right. So there again, in the first six issues of this series, Luke has an encounter with both Darth Vader and Boba Fett and narrowly escapes. So that's, I'm like, you know, wow, they're shooting all their big guns already. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who are they going to have Luke go up against in issue number 10 or issue number 18 or whatever? Because if he's already had to fight Vader and, and Fett, you know, who's left? <laughs> But I I guess, you know, and you know because you've read them all the way through so far, I'm still kind of behind on them uh, a few issues. But uh, but that was was kind of neat that they they had already, you know, set up those encounters early on in this timeline that we've always assumed was kind of a, you know, eventless uh, period of time between episode four and episode five. Well, I've always jokingly said that, you know, years years ago before they you know canned the previous canon was they've had so many books and comics and and everything going on that you know when do they even find time to go to the bathroom (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know they've wedged so much stuff into the timeline that it was just getting ridiculous i mean the heck the biggest surprise of all i think in this series is in number six i think it's in six the sixth issue where we find out Han Solo has a wife. Right. That mysterious character that you mentioned earlier yeah. that was uh, on, the, you know, and we thought, you know, we thought, okay, well, this is a bounty hunter that maybe is on the side of the Empire or, or, or something. And it turns out it's, it's a female character. Initially, you can't even tell the, the sex of the person because they're, they're shrouded in a mask and goggles and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, uh, Sonia Solo is what she calls her name, but <laughs> right, right. And it turns out uh, the way that she finds him is, is Han and Leia are on this other mission that Leia's uh, uh, tricked him into going into. And what they are, they're searching for a new rebel base, a new place for the rebels to set up base. Since mm-hmm. you haven't the moon, Yavin moon, moon of Yavin, or whatever, it's compromised. It's yeah. compromised, and they encounter some Tie Fighters and have to run into this what appears to be a gaseous planet. Uh, into its atmosphere to escape but Han actually knows that there's a luscious like Garden of Eden type uh, 
planetoid inside of it that you know supports life so and uh then he proceeds to tell Leia, well, you know, really, it's my little secret. Me and Chewie are the only ones that know about it, and now you. And he, he goes into this cave, and there's some bottles of wine there, or Corellian Corelli, <laughs> wine, and he's starting to try to pour drinks. You know, he's like, hey, you know, I'm yeah, going to make my move. Got, Here I am. I'm making my move. When they first got there, Leia was really surprised because she was like, whoever guessed that underneath an atmosphere like this one of the most violent electric storms I've ever seen, the planet's mm-hmm. core would be a beautiful oasis <laughs> mm-hmm. so, but in the, in the atmosphere we saw one panel where there's a uh, almost like a uh, probe droid looking uh, device that yeah. as, as their ship that they're in passes by it, it kind of sets it off and sends a signal and uh, that mysterious character is the one that receives it which by the way the one thing I was going to comment in both of these series, some of the new designs for some of the ships that they're flying, both the uh, planet-bound ships and the, the spaceships are, are awesome. So this this new Solo woman, the, the, the wife of Han Solo, she's flying this ship that, that sort of is similar to a Corellian freighter. Uh, in the back part of it, the engines and the and you know it's it's disc shaped and has like the the exhaust ports on top of it, the circular exhaust ports like you see on the Falcon, and even the cockpit is shaped like the Falcon except it's in the middle of it, sort of centered. Yeah, uh, I, I can't remember what that one is. But guns on the side of it too. <laughs> that one, that's like a a YT. 4,000 or 5,000 or something like that because mm-hmm. I've heard of it and even seen pictures of it before. Yeah. So she's got one of those and uh, it shows it coming into that into the uh, atmosphere of that planet that they're on and landing and then the the, the ramp comes down and, and uh, of course Han's like <laughs> run or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Leia's like, no, no, no. Who is this? Who, you know, who's? And, and uh, she out she steps. Yeah, she's like, uh, I'm and she's an African American uh, <clears throat> character too, uh-huh. or a, at least ethnic looking. I'm assuming, you know, they they. She's she's a beautiful character, but uh, you know, it's 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 almost which I guess in the Star Wars universe almost every relationship is interracial uh, because unless you're with someone from your own planet from your own species uh, even Han and Leia would be considered interracial because she's interplanetary uh, really what would she I don't even know what her planetary origin would be she's not all Iranian because that was her adopted planet I guess she's hmm. uh, whatever I know what you would uh, say she, well, from Padme's, Padme's side, she would be on Padme's side. She would be Nabootian, Nabootian, well, Naboo. Yeah, I. They lived on Coruscant, to, so I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? It's all convoluted. So that's where issue six leaves you off, and uh, you know. Yeah, it uh, leaves so you right both. there at the very end with Vader going Skywalker. <laughs> right. Yeah, that that was we mentioned. That panel is all both in Star Wars, the Star Wars series, and in the Darth Vader series. And then the Star Wars series also leaves you with uh, Han's supposed wife or, or former wife or mm-hmm. whatever, finding him and and Leia together on this planet with some glasses of wine poured or whatever. <laughs> uh, but also. Uh, a side a side adventure that Luke's on, as we mentioned, he he's on Tatooine uh, 
trying to search for clues. He's felt a calling uh, back to Tatooine, and he's uh, going to Ben's uh, hut to see if there are any clues there, and comes across uh, sand people raiding the hut. Mm -hmm. I guess they figured out that Ben has been gone long enough, so they're going to help themselves to whatever's in there. So he chases them off, but he doesn't kill any of them. Conversely, when Vader is first seen on Tatooine in the comic books, he's standing amid a dead village of sand people. Mm -hmm. He's he's made it a point to actually hunt down a village of sand people and kill them all since he's going to be there anyway, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he said something like payback or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, it, it the the he seems to be on uh, bent on revenge in any way shape or form at this point in the in the beginning arc of uh, of this comic book you know even if it's revenge for wrongs that were committed you know what 12 years earlier or, or no would have been 20 yeah. more than 20 years earlier uh, before luke was even born was when the the uh uh tuscan raiders the sand people murdered his mother mm-hmm so Luke finds this mysterious box in, in Ben's, uh, the wreckage of Ben's hut that actually says for Luke on it. Yeah. And uh, it's inside the hut, by the way, is where um, he fights Boba Fett. Uh, Boba Fett throws in a flash grenade, I think. And Luke yeah, because he blinds him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Luke's temporarily blinded, so he tries to fight him using the Force and is partially successful. He's able to to knock him in the head uh, which is surprising because Boba Fett's wearing a helmet, but somehow it incapacitates Fett enough for Luke to escape. Uh, so yeah, very well written. As I mentioned, I was going to mention actually the, the splash pages with with the, the scenes of those uh, characters that we never originally saw. We never really saw, you know, never ever saw Darth Vader in Jabba's palace. We never saw Boba Fett in uh, Chalman's cantina. But man, that art was impressive, and they had all of the the actual characters that you see in the movies, yeah, in the background, the cantina and, uh, and then the Java's palace, and and uh, you know the the likenesses are are very very well done, and and uh, I'm really impressed with the artwork. It's uh it's very realistic. You know, a lot of times it's very hard for for artists to get likenesses of real people down very well. Uh, but I think they've made an effort this time uh, to actually get artists who, who have that ability, have that skill to to mimic these real-life actors uh, in the comic, you know, in, in the comic art world. Yeah. And yeah. actually, I was impressed that uh, even when they draw stormtroopers, that's, that seems to be a, a very hard thing for most artists to be able to draw is stormtrooper armor or, or especially ranks of stormtroopers and draw them all similar or, or identical to each other and these, these guys pull it off pretty well mm -hmm. there's a couple times when the Vader helmet doesn't look quite right but for the most part it's very very well done uh, both series so far yeah and of course the the one with Luke there reading that starting to read that book that in will go into the next issue number 7 with a one-off of Obi-Wan. Well, actually, it ends up being now two. <laughs> there, okay. There'll be two Obi-Wan issues, one issue seven and then one, like, issue 
14 or something like that yeah. where it's kind of like he's going through the stories of that book of Obi what Obi-Wan did while he was there right the book is inside the box that says for Luke right I had forgot to mention that but yeah so it's the journal of Obi-Wan we've always heard that you know the, the journal of the wills W-H-I-L-L-S was was a supposed name of the early scripts for Star Wars so now we've got the journal of Obi-Wan alright uh I guess that uh... Carl, you've been awful quiet. Well, I haven't read the Star Wars ones yet, but <laughs> so now we've spoiled them all for you. And it doesn't matter; it makes it more intrigued. Yeah, you need to go find them and read them. Tear and, that house apart. I know, and it gets me. It, I'm also. I know this is off topic a little bit, but since um, Hasbro announced we're getting comic packs again, well, they got a lot of potential on these comic books for some cool comic packs in the future. When did they no announce doubt. that? I missed that. They announced it at Toy Fair. Because they was coming back. I totally missed yeah, I know that. they'd had some, some newer G.I. Joe toy, or comic, or no, it's actually the newer Marvel yeah, they Avengers said, comic packs that they've had, isn't it? Yeah, but they said, like, I think in the, uh, if I remember correctly, Toy Fair, it said in the fall they was coming back. Me and Mark's text, text a lot about those. Hmm. Well, no doubt those two assassin droids that, that Vader, re- you know, employs in the first few issues there would be an ideal comic pack. As a matter of fact, the cover art for that issue features the... the yeah, BT-1 is the Astromech, and the other one is... Zero, is zero, zero. Yeah, C-3-0 or something like that. Or yeah. Something like that. Um, well, that was, a, that was a pretty good discussion. <laughs> uh, the only thing that I have left is that uh, in the... Uh, Gentle Giant Jumbo line, they announced this past month a new figure coming out, the Jedi Luke. I'm uh, I'm really excited about that one. I'm curious to yeah. see if... Yeah, with uh, the, the cloak and the... Uh, yeah, that should be interesting. I'm curious to see... Yeah, that one's going to be the Green Saber. I'm wondering if they're going to have like an exclusive to celebration or <laughs> comic con it's going to have the blue saber and the no doubt. the no doubt. snap cape and, as opposed to the the velcro cape or when <laughs> right <laughs> now will you want to get both versions if it's possible for you since there's actually a difference between the sabers i probably will cool. because i've got the cloth version of of the jawa and the the vinyl cape version and uh, you know, I've got the orange snake Yoda, the brown snake Yoda, and I've got both of those versions. Well, I guess that concludes this episode. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can get a hold of me at uh, raminator at gmail.com. Carl? And for me, it's hauntedpalace at gmail.com. Dwayne and, and I'm uh, Darth Steel Four, the number four at gmail dot com. All right, uh, thank you, Dwayne, for coming on and uh, discussing all things Star Wars with us. Not a problem. Love to love to do it again sometime. Yeah, well, whenever uh, whenever we get uh, get going with the next, I guess, set of issues, we'll uh, we'll have to do it again. All right. Thanks, everybody. Sure. Thank you.